0: i be a fool when the sun's down.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 68 of the weekly Yes And podcast. My name is Travis Thomas. I'm the creator of Live Yesand and the host of the weekly Yap, and this is episode 68. 68 episodes for 68 weeks. We have been delivering people who are living their passion and their purpose with a yes and mindset in all fields and professions. And today is no different with our guest, Bernie Cronin. And Bernie is an awesome, awesome guy who has been in the business world, in the sales game for many, many years. And I'm gonna talk more about Bernie here in a second. Uh, but just a reminder to all of you, uh, if you're not following me on social media, I'm at LiveYesand, You can check out my website, liveyesand.com. And uh, I have some interesting things coming up in May. We have another 30 days of yes. And in mid-May, I am piloting a program called 10 Days to Get Unstuck. And I am taking my book, which is uh, Three Words for Getting Unstuck, And there are 10 principles in the book, and so for 10 days, we're going to explore those 10 principles and put them to use in very practical ways. And so after 10 days, we will have gone through all the principles and uh, hopefully helped you get unstuck in some aspect of your life. And so that's coming up here in May. And for all of you here in Jupiter, the Jove comedy by boys Frank and Jesse and I will be performing this Saturday night in Jupiter uh, at 7 o'clock. So it should be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, so a lot of good things going on. And let's jump into episode 68 with Bernie. Now, the way I know Bernie is really the first time uh, he and uh, my improv partner, uh, Frank Licari, they have done some professional development together. And um, Bernie and I have connected a few times, being that we're both sort of speakers here in Florida— but Bernie is a, uh, not only is he a speaker, but he's been a consultant and a trainer for decades. Uh, he comes from a sales background. Um, he uh, has, has been with the Sandler Sales Institute for many, many years. Um, but he got into, really intrigued with the connection between sales and acting some years ago. And uh, never considering himself an actor, he got involved. He started taking some uh, acting classes, uh, including uh, the Burt Reynolds Institute here. In Jupiter. He got connected with my man, again, like I said, Frank. Uh, Frank, you know, Frank is a professional actor, former Blue Man, and they've developed some tools together. And uh, Bernie has written two books as well. One is called If You Can't Act, You Can't Sell Captivate Your Audience by Connecting Theater to Business to Life and his most recent book, which is called Showtime, again, which is all about bringing some of the principles of acting into selling authentically. And the reason I say authentically is because Bernie is about authenticity. Uh, uh, When we think of sales, it's easy to be cynical and and almost kind of slimy. Bernie is not that. He is connecting authenticity to sales and, and really talking about how the skills of acting and uh, uh, your sense of personal presence and being able to uh, to tell a story, to connect to your authenticity uh, is so important. And uh, Bernie and I sat down about a week or so ago uh, at City Place in West Palm Beach. You will hear in the interview that we are outside. There's lots of uh, ambient uh, noise going on around us. At one point we had we had to move our interview in to Starbucks to finish because there is some construction going on. So uh, so hopefully the noise going on around us won't be too distracting. But it was a, a fun conversation. And once Bernie gets going with his it uh, it is a treat and uh, such a wonderful guy. Looking forward to seeing him at the show Saturday night. And uh, I will include his uh, contact information uh, in the links to this podcast. So without further ado, let's jump into the. The weekly yap with bernie cronin
0: travis thank you very much it's an honor to be with
1: you and uh, thanks for inviting me on yes yes and i know you've uh, you've come to our shows here for uh, for a few years and i know you've worked with frank uh, but bernie when someone asks you what do you do how do you answer that question
0: well i i think that's one of the key things that i train and teach people on is a 30 second commercial or elevator pitch or speech or whatever you want to do. So when you ask me what do I do, I'm in the sales and sales management consulting and training business. I work with clients who are doing well but want to do better but are experiencing uh, concern with turnover, frustrated with uh, cutting prices, uh, worried about losing market share. I don't suppose these are any problems that you have, sir, are they?
1: (laughs) No, not at all.
0: So I always inject at least two or three pain uh, comments in there. And uh, I use an acronym, Travis, called FUDWACA, F-U-D-W-A-C-A frustrated, upset, disappointed, worried, angry, concerned, or anxious. So that's what I incorporate into my 30 second uh, commercial and sometimes I'll adapt it to an audience if it's specific say financial services or banking I'll uh, even hone in even closer I work with banks who are frustrated about losing market share worried about the big banks etc etc so uh, I think it's a key thing that it's amazing, Travis, that I do workshops and I do these prospecting boot camps. I used to call them cold call boot camps, but that sh- that scares everyone away. <laughs> I call them prospecting boot camps. And I'll go around the room and I'll ask, what do you do? Uh, I sell insurance. I'm a stockbroker. I sell software. There's an opportunity for someone to articulate what they do at a networking meeting, and they can't do it. It's amazing. I can't believe uh, It's probably one of the most important things that I uh, train my clients on,
1: honing their 30-second commercial. So, so fudwacker. Uh, did you come with that? Your own? I did. Uh, yeah, that's a Bernie. Nah, all right. Uh, and, and, and just so you guys know, having a few conversations with Bernie, there are a lot of Bernieisms, and they're brilliant. They are brilliant Bernieisms. So hopefully, we'll get as many as we can here uh, in, in the podcast, Bernie. Uh, and, and so, what was it for you? What uh, What was the inspiration or the motivation that got you started, uh, sort of in the world of sales in the first place?
0: Well, I uh, grew up in a, a family that we've always been—at uh, least my brother was very active in sales uh, I sold newspapers as a kid uh, I went to the University of Connecticut I went to the School of Business uh, I started out uh, in the investment banking business in Washington DC and I've been in sales uh, all my life and studied uh, the sales one of the, the three most important books I ever read uh, were uh, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie The Power of Positive Thinking uh, by uh, uh, Norman Vincent Peale, and Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And uh, so I read books and I studied and I just, I love people and I love love the world of sales uh, in a professional way. I don't mean, uh, I mean sales to me, I have a definition of sales. Travis, sales is getting someone to take action consistent with action they believe they should take for their benefit and for which they'll pay me my price. You okay with that one?
1: I love that one and because I, I think I, you, by articulating it the way that you just articulated, obviously sales a lot of times gets a bad name because of uh, uh, the sense of inauthenticity that, uh, that, that can go along with sales. But the way that you just defined it right there, uh, I, I think if, if, if everyone had that impression of sales, I, I think it would change probably the way that we relate with one another in that, uh, in that setting.
0: Oh, that's so true. I mean, I, I personally, I don't like to be sold. A good salesperson gets out of the way and helps me to buy. You know, they know how good you are by the quality of your questions. You're diagnosed before you prescribe, or it's malpractice. Uh, so that's why I think, uh, you know, salespeople, it's unfortunate they don't get the proper training. They get product training, but they get people skills training, especially in today's age with the younger folks coming on and you know, and all the, the technology and the social media. Uh, it's interesting. I read a book by um, uh, Doctor. I forget whose name that was, but uh, it was it was Shine, and uh, he talked about people are, are communicating today with social media and text and email, but are they connecting? And that's the key word: connecting viscerally. With the, with the eyes and the handshake and the personality, and uh, I think that's why there's so much opportunity today in the world of, of sales.
1: Now, Bernie, you talked about uh, at the beginning, you know, people standing up in these meetings and not not really being able to talk about what they do. Um, obviously, I talk a lot about purpose and and people having a clear understanding of why they do what they do. Uh, from your experience, uh, and even just for yourself personally, um, when you think about sort of the why you do what you do, um, how would you describe that?
0: That's a great question. I think the the, the why is not just the money part of it. The why is how I help people. The greatest satisfaction that you get and I get in coaching our folks is when you get a phone call or an email, hey, Travis, that really worked out well, man, thank you. That's, I call it non-economic benefits of what we do. And that's the, I think that's the why we do it. You know, and, and one of the questions I oftentimes ask my clients you know, is, how, how much deeply do you really believe in your product? Because if you don't believe in it, they're like Dobermans. They'll pick up on it. I couldn't sell guns because I don't believe in them. I was approached by by a gun, large gun company. I don't believe them. I don't own them. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm, I'm against the NRA. I'm sorry for anybody, but uh, you know, people. They say people don't people don't kill people. Guns kill people. Well, people with guns kill people. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I couldn't sell something like that that I that I didn't believe in. You've got to, I think you have to really be passionate about what your company does. Uh, and what you do and how your product or service helps your prospect uh, live a better life, a better company, better productivity. I think we're all looking for the, for the best. If we don't believe in our product, it's not going to happen. You've got to be the first person sold on your product, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, no, I, I and I can definitely relate to that as well. Just that uh, and that sense of belief that comes along with, um, yeah. I think we have a we have a good BS, you know, sort of radar that, that goes up. But not only BS, but like you said, uh, when someone is talking about something they're representing, we can tell whether they believe in it or they're just trying to sell it. So, how do you help? Um, how have you helped individuals uh, over the years? Really help kind of uh, identify, articulate. Um, really sort of ground themselves in uh, sort of the the authenticity side of, of sales? Well, I think
0: one of the really key areas is, and most people, I, when I used to do my weekly trainings, if I wanted to sleep in one day, I'd say role-playing, because no one would show up uh, for my eight o'clock meetings, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and one of the ways that I help them is to actually engage in theater the role play you know the, and, and you can see the, the word I love the word you use authenticity in, in their product I had a, uh, a client of mine one time she was the number one salesperson and selling uh, propane gas to uh, institutions and hotels and hospitals etc and um, some, some of her deliveries were late some of the um, uh, deliveries were wrong. She got very frustrated. All of a sudden, her sales went down. And I spoke with her, and I spoke to the owner of the company. He said, "Yeah, we're having some problems. I put my my brother in charge of transportation, and uh, you know, I, I think I better, he made a change. Put his brother in accounting. Uh, got a new transportation delivery manager. So her sales went right back up. Now she's still the top salesperson, but she just lost belief in her company." So I think it really goes back to that word, you know, belief and commitment are the two key words, you know, believe in your product and committed to helping your clients and believe your product, your company uh, will do the things they say they'll do, Uh, customer care, customer loyalty, some people call it customer service, Uh, and that's an important area as well. So I really, I think I help my clients by really focusing on the fundamentals, the basics,
1: Now, Bernie, you were talking about role playing there uh, a moment ago. Uh, so how did you first sort of get introduced to the, the value of theater and the value of acting when, when it came to sales? Obviously, you have two books that, uh, that, that talk about that connection. But what was the, what was the introduction for you and kind of a light bulb going off going, you know what, I think, I think there's some value in this?
0: You know, some 10 or 12 years ago when I had my training center, I had two training centers, one in Boston, and I had a client and she moved. And I always used to say and write on the board. If you can't act, you can't sell. Selling is a Broadway show played by a psychiatrist. And so you've got to really, I used to hone that into all my people. And one of my clients moved to New York, and she called me up said, Bernie, you've got to come to New York to meet my acting coach, Anthony Vincent Bova. He played in Cats, he toured, he was an acting coach in Times Square. So I said, okay, Linda, we went and had dinner. Then I went to his class on a Saturday, and here I am with all these actors, 90% of them out of work anyway. I (laughs) wonder, what the hell am I doing? But it was so fascinating. And then I invited Anthony up, to my training, and then we collaborated, which was my first collaboration, in providing acting and theater classes. And it was just, I just fell into it, and I fell in love with it. I said, wow, that's what we do. And uh, we did role playing, we, we had people in our class from you know, 10 or 12 different industries, it didn't matter. And uh, so that's how I got into the, the whole part about theater and drama and acting. And then Anthony was the East Coast representative for Eric Morris. Eric coaches Jack Nicholson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Johnny Depp. I went to Eric's class for a weekend. I'll never forget. We started on a Friday night at the bookstore, a drama bookstore, I think 38th Street, something like that in New York. And i never forget Eric saying, you know, 95% of acting is preparation. And I always said 95% of sales is preparation. And I had lunch with Eric that next that Friday. I said, Eric, I said, who's the greatest actor you ever worked with? He said, Jack Nicholson, Par none. He said, he hones in his character. And one of the great things he said is, you do not become the character. The character becomes you. And he said, when Jack played in uh, um, Over the Cuckoo's Nest and uh, uh, with, uh, with uh, Tom Cruise and...
1: Uh, Oh, A Few Good Men? A Few
0: Good Men, yeah, Yeah, thank you. And, um, you know, he practiced those. And he was talking about Dustin Hoffman when he played in Rain Man. Dustin was, two months after the shoot, he was still autistic. So when you think about that, it's the same thing. We have to be, and that's that word again, authentic, authentic. We have to, when we put on our our, our costume in the morning, we go to our dressing room, uh, we select our costume for the day, depending upon our audience. We're the producer, the actor, the director, the choreographer, stagehand of our show. And so since then, I started to embrace this whole world of theater and partnered up with your partner, Frank Bacari. We've done acting classes and testimonials. We don't do enough of them. They're off the wall. I'd love to be able to do some with you as well. And uh, so that whole business about acting and theater, and then I enrolled in the Burt Reynolds Emerging Playwrights Group. What the hell am I doing here? Emerging Playwrights Group? It was so fascinating just to 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 do that to meet Burt Reynolds he would come to the classes and talk uh, just a wonderful group of people people in drama and people in theater and now I recommend in my book I recommend that college students take at least three drama classes and um, I just heard yesterday that my grandson, Dylan, who's at uh, Washington and Lee University, he's just finishing his freshman year, has just signed up for his first drama class uh, next fall class. And my daughter, his mother, said, Dad, that was your inspiration. He's all excited. Uh, wow, was I excited. So uh, I encourage uh, students to do that as well as uh, join Toastmasters. A wonderful group to get over your fear of public speaking. Uh, it's a great organization. I joined it years ago. First day, I was I couldn't even get up and say my name, and now I can speak at uh, Sun Life Stadium with 50,000 people. It wouldn't bother me, mm-hmm. long as I believed in my message. And so I think that's the key to the, you know, to the the whole business about drama, and theater, and life. We're all improvisations, really.
1: And, and so, Bernie. Obviously, in recent years, you've I've, you've gotten to know Frank. Um, you've come and seen our, our improvisation shows uh, uh, a few times. When you when you look at sort of the world of improvisation, and you look at the world of sales. Um, where do you see the parallels for yourself?
0: Well, I think the parallels are, are there. I love going to your shows. I I, I hate to miss them. Uh, I went to another improv, I won't mention it, but it was a two-drink minimum, which I didn't need, and they used the F word, and you guys, I never hear any of that stuff, it just, I mean, it was disgusting, I left halfway through. Uh, It was just, uh, not the improv that you do. So I think improv and sales, uh, you're in a sales, and I never call it, by the way, a sales call. I always call it a sales interview. Hmm. I encourage all my clients, it's a sales interview. Be there to get information, not give it. And uh, I enforce and, and, and the 30-70 rule. I tell them on a sales interview, you talk 30% and the prospect or client talks 70%. And that's like yes and in, in theater. Yeah. In, dry, in improv. I mean, sometimes you have to, you, know, you might be someone else in the meeting you didn't expect, and you have to improvise uh, your message. So you've got to be on key and prepared, and then but also be able to switch gears as you need it, just like you guys do. I mean, you, when you hand off and Frank at the end plays the piano, it's just a, it's just a hoot. You love walking out of there and, with you guys and the same thing with sales If you can't relate to someone they're not going to do business with you
1: uh-huh. you mentioned a good uh, a good point about the idea of um, uh, the 30/70 rule you know I think when a lot of us think of sales we we, uh, we have horrible memories of, of feeling sold to where it's it's at least feels 70 30 if not 90 10 in the other direction yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you mentioned a great point from an improvisational standpoint of um, just the quality of listening. And, and, and I know for me as an improviser, even after I had been performing for you know a couple of years on stage regularly, the, the hardest skill to develop was the listening skill. Because I, I think this is probably an area that a lot of salespeople get into where you get so into your head of uh, trying to think about everything that you have to say um, the speech you need to give, the, all the information you need to download. Um, similarly, on stage as a, an inexperienced improviser, you get so caught in your head thinking about thinking about what you're going to say instead of just listening to the person that you're sitting across from or standing across from and just responding. And um, and, and and from that standpoint, uh, uh, how do you how have you helped other salespeople kind of find that sweet spot of listening? compared to thinking.
0: Well it's interesting, uh, and I asked the class, I'll ask the, oftentimes, you know, whoever took a course in listening and uh, nobody raised their hand, whoever took a course in asking questions. Maybe if they went to journalism school or something, they did, but generally, no. And I was with the president of the University of Connecticut a couple years ago, and I said to him, I said, you know, what are we doing to teach our students, uh, you know, people skills and questioning skills and listening skills? He said, Bernie, that's a good point. We probably should, uh, I might need your help in working on those soft skills. I said, Phil, they're not soft skills, they're hard skills. He said, don't get mad. (laughs) And so one of the things that I do teach people is active listening and the seven steps to it. So what I hear you saying, Travis, is, uh, you know, you've got a problem with this. Is there any more to that? Is that it? Is there any more? Okay. So uh, the fact that you're not reaching your quotas and you're not getting to the people, how does that make you feel? That's step number five. Well, I'm frustrated. You know, Travis, that makes sense to me. If I wasn't meeting my quota, I'd feel frustrated too. Step number seven is, if you're open to it, maybe we could spend some time working on that aspect to see how we could get you to your quota and uh, make you happier and make more money and see more prospects. That's something you're open to. And um, so that's how I do it with the, uh, with the active listening part. And I also have, uh, uh, where I work with numbers of seven, seven plus or minus two, if you don't mind me telling you that. I learned that through Dr. Bob Horn at Harvard University. And the mind, the brain processes information in chunks of seven. For example, uh, telephone numbers of seven digits. I still remember five two five three zero oh, six three. We call it seven plus or minus two. Uh, zip code is seven minus two. Social Security is seven plus two. Seven wonders of the world. Seven notes in music. Seven continents. Seven Cs. Seven deadly sins. Seven colors in the rainbow. Seven notes in music. Seven times Elizabeth Taylor was married. You know. <laughs> you know, we learn in chunks of seven. So that when I do the of listening, I do seven. And I also, uh, one of the things I train my people is the seven power words. And the first one is feel, not what do you think. Sales say, well, what do you think about this? And the prospect says, I'll think it over, as opposed to how do you feel about this? And the second one is invest, not cost, fee, expense. Well, how much of the what's you know what's what's the premium on this? Well, you're looking at an investment of uh, you know nine hundred and twenty-two dollars a month investment. Okay, the third one is fit. Okay, let's sit down and see if there's a fit. If you see there's a fit, we can go forward. Okay, the fourth one is share. Can you share with me in round numbers what kind of kind of budget you have set aside? Not can you tell me? I'm not going to tell you. And the fifth one is we. Well, when we're working together, Travis, here's how we work together, okay? We team up and we're part, we, 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 okay? And the sixth power word is open. Are you open to sitting down? I know you're very satisfied with your existing supplier, but if you're open to sitting down, just looking at some alternatives, not saying we can work together, but if you're open to it, never say open-minded. You're open to it, okay? And then the seventh one is process. As in, well, what's the decision process look like here on adding another vendor? Not who makes the decision, because they always say, I do, and then there's always somebody else. So what would be the decision process? Well, we have to get three bids, corporate policy, or uh, we have to get accounting involved whatever it is so when you can rein in those seven power words feel invest fit share we, open and process uh, it'll change your language and help you to listen more and to ask more questions and feel is a really key one I mean you go home and say to my wife what do you think about going to the movies well it's Friday night there's a lot of people in town it's season you know hey honey how do you feel about going to the movies maybe stop and have a little dinner out the way good movie in town, uh, Hidden Figures. Oh, you know, that might be a lot of fun. So, think about those. uh, Frank Lutz wrote a book called Words That Work. For example, he talks about uh, you know, not oil drilling, it's energy exploration. It's it's, it's not dumped, you know. It's, uh, what do you call it? Recycle uh, hill or whatever the hell it is.
1: Waste relocation. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) About the, the words, and, and, that, and that they're so important.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, Bernie. Uh, and, and again, I'm glad I, I'm glad I got you off rolling there for a second because there was so much, so much good stuff in what you shared. And I, and I love the the seven steps uh, of active listening and, and going through how you walked through the process of um, just having that 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 conversation. My, my sense is that, is that uh, a lot of salesmen tend to go from one to seven with cutting out steps two, three, four, five, six <laughs> in between. And it's all about what do we need to do to close the sale? And, um, and, and, and again, everything that you've shared... So, Bernie, what it, what it sounds like you're talking about uh, is you know, with with the sales relationships, with uh, just sales in general, is, is developing a sense of, again, we've talked about purpose, we've talked about authenticity, but when it comes to sales, it, it sounds like you're really trying to develop that trust. And um, I know you wanted to talk a little bit more, uh, sort of a, about uh, about sort of the sales process. And for those of you who are listening, and notice a little bit of change in the uh, the ambiance, uh, we have improvised. Uh, we've moved inside here to inside Starbucks because we had some machinery going on outside. Um, but Bernie, what more did you want to say? Uh, again, uh, we, we talked about the active listening, but but developing that sense of trust and authenticity.
0: Thank you, uh, uh, Travis. And yeah, ambience isn't that something you go to a hospital with?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm
0: just> <laughs> and that's another thing that um, you know. It's interesting. Uh, my friend Janie Smith wrote a book uh, called uh, "Competitive Creating Competitive Advantage." She and I worked together. And I was on her radio show, and she caught me at the last minute and threw me a curveball. Bernie, what are the two most important ingredients in sales? And I said, without even hesitating, guts and humor, because that's really what it takes. You yeah. got to be able to have some humor. But I also wanted to hit on my uh, my seven steps in closing, uh, because that's that's the key, obviously, and. Uh, it's not the press hard third copy is yours, you know, sign here, you know. My close is seven words, and it sounds like this. Well, it looks like we've made some progress. So what would you like to do now? Seven words. What would you like to do now? Well, let's get started, Bernie. Let's do this, let's do that. And another technique I use in closing is what I call, it. and I'm not big on techniques, but the thermometer close. You know, Travis, on a scale of 0 to ten, zero, you're not going to bring me in to do training. 10, you're ready to go forward now. Where would you see yourself? If I hear 8 or more, what's it going to take to get to 10 without me cutting my price? If I hear 5 or less, I'll go back to the concept of pain and back to my FUD So... Uh, it's all theater. It's all having your lines, having your uh, with authenticity, uh, but having your your, your your moves playing off of uh, the other party to your scene, the other members of the cast, and that's the improvisation part of it. It's, it's so parallel that it's, it's a, really I don't know why these big companies and these training companies don't make it part of their training.
1: Well, I, I don't think, for the, most, uh, um, for the most part, improv companies always do the best job making that parallel from what they do on stage to, uh, to, to, the, to the relevance in, in the corporate world, and <clears throat> hopefully Livia Sand is, <laughs> is doing that. That's what I'm trying to do, Bernie. I'm trying to, to, trying to draw that bridge, and I know, obviously, Frank has done great work uh, with you as well. And now, Bernie, when we took our little intermission to change locations, you showed me some wonderful pictures of, of your, uh, your grandkids, um, beautiful family. Uh, after all these years, all these decades, and you've worked with so many uh, different people, uh, what is it that continues to inspire you and motivate you to keep doing what you're doing?
0: Well, I think the re- real reason that keeps you going is that you know you're helping people. Uh, I'm helping people to progress, have better lives, better families, Uh, and the non-economic benefits we get from what you do and I do are just, uh, there's no value to them. I mean, mean, it's so valuable you can't put a number on it. Uh, Someone calls you up or sends you a thank you note, which I encourage people to do. Oh Bernie, thank you very much. I just wanted you to know that I did this. I did that, or I changed my career, or, you know, I went out of my comfort zone, I took a risk, not a chance, those things are, you know, there's, there's no value on those, that, that's what keeps me coming back, I can't wait uh, to be with someone that I can help, and the two best words in the English language, and the two least used words, are thank you, and that I thank my clients for allowing me to help them be better at what they do. We're all using maybe 40, 50% of our true potential. One of the things that I always say, my mission is to help my clients grow closer to their true potential through gradual, incremental, behavioral change. And I'm a big fan of uh, mission statements. We all need a mission. You need a job to make a living, you need a purpose to make a life and uh, I work with mission statements. The greatest mission statement I've ever seen is 12 words. To organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. Google, those dudes got it. And look what they've done, just by sticking through their mission. I look at companies, I go into an office, I always look for, what's their mission statement? or oh, on their webpage. What do you exist? People get confused, Travis, with what a mission is, a vision. Yeah. You know, and you know that just from your own self. Yeah. What's your mission? Well, our mission
1: is, you know, no,
0: it's not about you, it's about the client. And uh, I think that, I mean, Google just overwhelms me. And I think that's important. We all want to have personal mission statements as well as professional. So that's, that's my take on that one.
1: No, it's clear, Bernie. <clears throat> again, the times we've talked, that you have a clear sense of, of individual purpose and and, and mission, and um, and it, it comes through in in when you talk and when you share, and um, and you're talking purpose, which is obviously right up my alley, and and what I'm about, and what Olivia Sand is all about. So, uh, Bernie, before we wrap up here, uh, you've got a couple of books, you have a website. Please tell everyone how they can find out more about you, how they can find your books, and connect with you.
0: Thank you, Travis. Yeah, my two books are If You Can't Act, You Can't Sell, and Showtime is my last book, um, Discovering the Actor in You. And my website is www.BernieCrowning.com. D-E-R-N-I-E-C-O-N-I-N.com purchase my book on my website and I'll we'll autograph it for you. Or you can uh, purchase it through uh, Amazon.com. Uh, and uh, uh, my email is bernie at berniecarling.com. And uh, I am available for coaching and questions. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to call me, send me an email, or text me.
1: Now, Bernie, you said that the two most important words in the English language are thank you. So I want to say thank you for taking the time today. It has been a pleasure uh, to have you on the weekly YAP. And uh, I really hope people take the opportunity to look you up and, uh, and check out the books.
0: Thank you, Travis, for having me on the show and opportunity to share with you. It's fun.
1: And I look forward to seeing you in the front row of an upcoming Joe show <laughs> coming up here in a few weeks. Have a great day, Bernie.
0: Thank you gave away I give you my youth plus a million days I do all these things for you